from the Boomer and the Babe studio at the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's time for Success or Failure with Tom and Terry. Success or Failure is the show that gives you methods and principles to guide you to your best business and your best self. Now here are Tom Legering and Terry Munther. I'm Dr. Terry Munther, along with author and entrepreneur Tom Legering, and each month we get together to discuss the tried and true steps to success found in Tom's book, Success or Failure, The Choice is Yours. We discuss our lives and our continuing journey towards success and happiness, as well as invite guests to share their thoughts, insights, and ideas on how to live a more full, happy, and productive life. We all are very pleased to have such a guest this morning, Adam Carlett, financial advisor with Morgan Stanley Wealth Management, and he will be sharing his background, knowledge, skills, recommendations for financial and personal success. We hope you'll feel free to join in the conversation. You can email us at www.successorfailure.org, or you can also hop on the show and talk with us at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash boomer and babe. Tom, glad to be back with you. Adam, thank you for joining us today, and I'm really hoping that you and Tom can help share with all of us uh, ideas on how to develop wealth to manage. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. Tom, I know you've been having some conversations with Adam. I'll let you kick it off. I'll get started. The the thing that we want to talk to, and, and exactly what you said, Terry, is Part of what we do with the book is get people to getting their lives squared away so that they're living their life well. But the whole idea is to uh, to become an entrepreneur in the way you live your life. And what, what does that actually mean? And the thing that we're doing different with the book, I'm in the rewrite stage now, so I sometimes skip around here. But the idea is under the entrepreneur is living a few years of your life like most people won't so that you can spend the rest of your life living like other people can't. That means you do the things that other people won't do, like save money, like put money aside, like spend less, like be un-American and not a consumer but a producer, and a producer that keeps their wealth. And once you get to that point, the object is, how do you get your money working for you so the money comes in so you don't have to go in? And that's why I wanted Adam to come here today to kind of, once the person gets some of their money, and maybe you could address the part before they get to where they can actually use you so that you could talk to them and then build them up to a place where... It's not all about making all the money in the world and just keep making money because that's really stupid. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, someplace in there you have to have a balance to your life and what do you really want to do? You know, and, and that, that's, anyway, that's what I found out after retiring seven times in my life and I'm decided that that's not going to work for me. Yeah, so, we've both been terrible failures at yeah, retirement. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're an example. But you, you found it out after about, what, six months? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had that opportunity. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Adam, tell us a little bit about your background and, and what you're doing and kick it off from there. 
Uh, yes, uh, Morgan Morgan Stanley. I'm a financial advisor and a chartered retirement planning counselor, so I've earned one of the top designations in my industry. I found that uh, knowledge is really power, in my opinion, so I've worked a lot to obtain uh, most knowledge and really be active in the market, know what's going on always in the economy, and that's how one way I've been able to be successful. But um, got in the business, originally was going to be a lawyer, and uh, took my LSAT, was going to go to law school and everything. Uh, had a buddy in college who kept recruiting me over to do financial work, and after about four meetings, I finally gave in. <laughs> and uh, I'm very happy that I did. It's, it's he, worked brought out you, very well. he brought you away from the dark side. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Took me away from the law side. Probably a good thing. <laughs> so so uh, that's how I got involved, and it, it's worked out very well. Uh, been at Morgan Stanley for about two years now, and uh, it, it's going really well. I worked at a smaller firm prior, and, and now we're at Morgan Stanley for about two years. Okay, so then how much how much money do you manage for other people, not individually, but as an as aggregate? I work with about $70 million right now. Okay. So I'm um, always looking to grow, um, definitely in the growth stage of my career, um, and, and plan to be kind of like what, how you mentioned, uh, you know, really living like uh, no other eventually, but definitely working a lot right now trying to find some balance. But work with about $70 million right now. Okay, so... It, these are individual people, right? That that you have as clients. Correct. And so a couple of businesses. Is, is, is there is there some place that where you would advise a, a client so that they could get to be financially independent, so that they could have enough income from their investments? Because I know if you had seventy million dollars in the bank and we're getting like uh, three quarters of one percent, if you're lucky, uh, or less. Uh, it would you you might be a little stressed, <laughs> you know, yeah. especially when your value of your money is going down. Uh, well, forty percent right. in ten years is not a good good number. No, no. That, so don't so how do you how, how do you do that for the people? How do you and how do you advise them to get started? Yeah. Well, as far as getting to a place where you can have your you can just live off your own money, that's going to be a lot of your lifestyle. So mm-hmm. that's uh, one thing that we look at. I come up. As a tribal retirement planning counselor, I do this a lot. I, I try to work with individuals and prepare them for retirement or being able to have their money work for them um, you know, when they retire. So as far as how much money you need in the bank or in investments to always live off that money and never be financially worried, that's going to depend a lot on your lifestyle. The rule is um, to use 4% of your money a year, um, and you can live just off the principal and just gain from the interest. But again, that's going to depend how you live. Uh, a lot of that, because I have I have some of my best clients in the world, uh, in my opinion, for me, have have just as much money as some of my bigger clients, but they live well under their means. Mm-hmm. So they're they're going to be able to afford whatever they want during retirement, while these other people that might even be earning double what those clients are earning, they live over their means. Got they're always trying to keep up with the Joneses. Right. So that's going to depend a lot on what they what they can do when they retire or throughout their life even. And uh, we look at that a lot. And I want to always try to keep my clients maintain their lifestyle because that's very important to them. Um, but at the same time, we find ways that we have to tailor it back at times. So it yeah. really depends on. Well, see, I I know exactly what you're talking about from personal experience because there was a time that my wife and I would spend fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a month, and it didn't really hurt us. Uh, until we decided that it was really stupid, we we felt 
like we were being used. I mean, it sounds dumb, but we're working our tails off, just totally work, work, work. And although I enjoyed it, uh, but it was still a grind after a while. And then you say, well, what did I... What did I get for that twenty thousand? Yeah. <laughs> you wonder where it's at at the end of the month. Yeah, I'm trying I to say, well, what, what, what did they have? Go. So we're we're down. I mean, we're we're in our seventies now. So we have a, not counting businesses and stuff like that, but our own personal lifestyle. We don't we don't need more than three three four thousand dollars a month is is plenty for us now, and we're we're more happy now than when we were doing it the other way. Right. I mean. So, and that's what I said before about being. So I totally understand what you're saying about the lifestyle, and you know, you don't need. If you need to have that, if you need to have stuff to make your life happy, if you need to be on the 40th floor in a, in a New York City condo that costs you 10 million dollars, well, then work harder, you know, yeah. or whatever, whatever you want to do to do that. But someplace it shouldn't be always about chasing money. It should be about being able to have a planned lifestyle that uh and that's really what the the book is about. I'd like to have people read the book and then go to you and talk to you <laughs> about after they Yeah, what's the first step? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the first guess. step is, is do you have to buy that sixty thousand dollar truck or could you buy the same truck that three years used yeah. probably for a fourth of the price. Little things like that. I have right. clients in Holbrook and in Scottsdale that have the same exact job. One of them's in one hundred twenty thousand dollars in debt. The other one is going to retire in a year. Yeah, and I know which one I'm talking about. You know? <laughs> and obviously, I've never spoken names or anything, but it's uh, you know, it just depends yeah. on the lifestyle. Right. For, for for us financial neophytes, I'd like you to do kind of a, a financial advisor one hundred and one. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the commercial, and I don't even know who it is. Mm-hmm. The dad with with his little son walking down the street. And, and he <laughs> said, Dad, who's that? Said, that's our financial advisor. What do, we pay? do you pay him? Yeah. yeah, how much? I don't know. Where's the money? I don't know. Well, do you get your money back if he doesn't do a good job? That's not the way it works. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think it's a great commercial. And for those of us that have investments and have financial advisors and are not in the financial game, I mean, I think our questions are, yeah, what does the financial advisor do? What does he get paid and how? And how do I know what I should be paying the financial advisor? How do I know a better financial advisor one over the other? Yeah. Um, those sorts of things. I'm not in the finance business. And, and all, you know, people Most golf people with their friends. And we, we all have different like financial advisors. And, yeah. you know, and we're all talking about, well, you know, what funds are you in or whatever. But, and I think we range, as probably your clients do, there are people who really don't want to get in the details. Go invest it the best you can invest it and mm-hmm. tell me I'm making yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. To somebody who's calling you all the time wanting to make trades or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to shut up, but I'd love you to tell me about the business. Um, that's that. Yeah, no, no, to, a, to a person that doesn't understand it. Right. Those are some really good questions. And, uh, you know, there's finance 101. There's some people that... All they care about is looking at the bottom line. Was that number higher or lower at the end of the month? And there's some people that want to know everything we're trading, why we're trading it, et cetera. So that, that's a really good question. And, and where do people start, really? I, I would say start, ask a friend first. You know, Ask a friend who their financial advisor is, why they like them, why they use them. But then go meet with them because 
there are 16,000 financial advisors in Arizona alone is the number I was told. So are they all good? Definitely not. Are they all bad? Definitely not. But, you know, what sets them apart? What makes them right. different? What extra work are they willing to do? So while it's nice to have a referral from a friend, uh, make sure you go meet with them because they might have only met with one financial advisor or they might just know this guy um, because they met him once, whatever it may be. Uh, go meet with him and see what uh, he does and, and talk to him about what is important to you, what actually you need to do to accomplish your goals and see if he has a plan for that, what he can do to make you accomplish your goals and what is it necessary for you to accomplish your goals, if he can help you budget, if he's going to help you um, invest a certain way, if he's going to talk to you about your risk. That, that When I get into risk, Everyone hears the word conservative, moderate, aggressive. Well, I guarantee, Terry, your moderate is way different than my moderate. So talk to them about that. Talk to your advisor about what moderate really is, what, how you should invest. Because the thing I, I pretty much hear every day is, well, I don't want to lose any money, but I want to make a lot. So do I. <laughs> so do I. So how are we going to get there but in a safe manner that you're comfortable with? The market pulled back, you know, over 7% from the highs recently this past right. month. It's since coming back, but were you losing sleep at night? I mean, what what do you need to do when you invest? How are you going to make money that's appropriate for your goals, but also you can maintain the risk and, and not affect your life? So, you know, ask a friend, meet with multiple advisors, um, find out what the advisor is doing. Is he actively managing, managing these accounts? Is he buying and then holding and saying, this is what we're going to do for the next 10 years. What is it, How does he invest? Does that line up with your goals? If you want an active managed portfolio that they're making changes daily, then you probably wouldn't want an advisor that says, oh, I just buy and hold for five years. So right. make sure you're talking to them about, about that. And that's one way to look for an advisor. Um, the way I manage my business personally, uh, I would consider myself an active advisor. Am I a day trader? By no means. I definitely have our core holdings that we try to hold. Um, for a long time, but I make changes. When the market's pulling back, I tried to have cash on hand and, and buy on these dips. It's worked out pretty well. There's been 16 4% dips over the last three years. Those have turned out to be great buying opportunities. This last dip within the last month, uh, we got as low as 10% at one point, uh, mainly about 7% on the closes, but those were great buying opportunities in my opinion. It worked out well. So if you have an active advisor that has cash that is buying this stuff, Sometimes it's a great, great thing, but uh, you can't always try to time the market. Um, you How have does to be the advisor have cash? I mean, are you buying the stocks, or are you? When I say cash, I'm sorry. I mean, so out of their portfolio, they're not fully invested at all times. Okay. So, for example, if you had a hundred thousand dollars in your account, maybe you have ten or twenty thousand of that of your portfolio in cash, cash. that you can buy during these dips. Okay. So, um, sometimes you're going to want to be fully invested. It's going to depend on the time of the market, <coughs> your goals and your needs, and so I don't want to get too much into that, but it really going to depend on the person. And, and well, how they it seems like, like, see, and that's what I do with the book, is try to get people to have a plan and to to go through and figure out all the things that they want in their life. That's the whole right. point. So if the person used the book and, and <clears throat> had a plan and started to be on a program to start savings, they could probably come to you and talk to you early once they get to a place where they were actually trying to save some money. So yeah. what would be the minimum amount of money that they would have to have for you to be their investor? Well, I'll, I'll talk to them from day one to help get them started. I've actually gone to schools and, and talked to schools about how to get started okay. in little, uh, children. So I'm a big believer in saving and starting uh, as early as you can. I, mean, I remember when I was little, 
my father said to me, you, in first grade I opened my uh, first bank account, and he said, I'll match whatever you have when you're 16 and we'll buy your car. I had more than he thought it was. But, <laughs> but uh, it's one of those things that I, you, I'll talk to anyone about how they can save and how they can achieve their goals. Once they start, just start investing with me, um, usually try to get people to have 100000 or more of investable assets. Um, we can do a lower uh, a lower amount, but usually try to start about 100000 mm-hmm. Um But I have no problem helping people set up a budget. Anything I can do to benefit them in the long term, the way I look at it is hopefully they'll, they'll improve their lives and improve what they can do, and then they'll maybe refer someone to me, or once they do achieve those goals, they'll come back and use me because they saw that I was there to help. So I, I'm willing to talk to anyone, but uh, usually where I can do the most benefit for you uh, about $100,000 is where we would start. Okay, so does that have to be in the stock market, or could they have $100,000 in several properties, investment properties, real estate, so that they could convert? Because I know some people like to, they they have a comfort zone in a certain area, but they know they should invest in, the, in, in stocks or the market, shall we say. Uh, so would, would they, would, that kind of a person be okay that they might be able to raise some some of their money, or do you want a whole hundred thousand that you would work? No, if they have a hundred thousand that is investable assets, so maybe it's tied up in real estate, but eventually it could become assets that could roll over to where I can help them invest, and definitely that's a person I can work with. Okay. Yes. Okay, because that that I think that's that's really what what I'm trying to teach people is how to run their lives like a business, how to get their their things their their knowledge of what they think success is. And just like you said, uh, what is the lifestyle that you want to live? And so what's your definition of being successful? And that's what I want the, our listeners to to think about. This, is, this conversation is about trying to help each person get to a point where they can come to you. Yeah. I mean, so, that's, so, Adam, could they come to you if they were a... Uh, I'll use my example, a 25-year-old teacher who just is not making a whole lot of money but wants to put away starting $250 a month. Would they come to you or would you say put it in the bank? or? No, I would, I would help them set up something to where they could invest it or I could help them invest it. The thing is about fees, I try to... The reason I have some minimums is because the fees that Morgan Stanley has intact, uh, I don't want them to get overcharged. So I would be more than happy to help them set some things up and to eventually where we could work together. I've done it before where I've helped people set up things. Um, They don't necessarily, where they don't necessarily work with me or benefit me at first, but it helps them get the process started to where we can eventually work together. So they are more than welcome to come speak with me and work with me. work at Morgan Stanley, per se, probably not. How did uh, they get a hold of you, speaking of that? Yeah, they so, can call me at any time at 623-329-7542. I can be reached at any time on that. Or always by email at adam.carlet, which is C-A-R, like car, and Larry Adam Tom at morganstanley.com. Okay. okay, and so when when they would... Uh, so it, if somebody is in another state, I mean, can you go across state lines? Yes, I'm registered in about 10 states right now and can always register in more. So I have clients all over the U.S. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's So Now, good. what happens with that same teacher and they have a 
401k or a tax sheltered annuity or something. Is that separate from what you're doing? Or no, that's, that's, that's a enough? huge part of my business, actually. Okay. So as a chartered retirement planning counselor, it's really some of my specialization is really helping in retirement assets right. and 401k rollover. So we can actually roll over that 401k and I can help them manage that at Morgan Stanley if it's at a former employer or they're 59 and a half and are able to roll that over. It's called in-service withdrawal. Um, but there's different different areas that we can help roll over that money and I can actually help manage it. That's one of the things that I've really, probably 90% of my business is through retirement assets. Yeah. And that's, you know, in my business of education and people like me who have been in the business well over 30 years, that's how it started. Mm-hmm. You know, you get in, it, we called it a TSA instead of a or tax yeah. sheltered annuity mm-hmm. instead of a 401k, and every month you just put so much in, and then mm-hmm. uh, working with an advisor, which we have, for instance, over that 30-year period when it came time to retirement, then we did a financial mm-hmm. plan of yeah. here's how much you can spend every month along with your pension and using yeah. using your annuity money, et cetera. So that's why I asked you the first question. I know when I got started with my first financial advisor, I was 22 years old, and I was actually putting $25 a month in the bank. Yeah. And that's all I had. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to I was making 600 th- bucks a month or something, yeah. Yeah. you know. If I can work with people throughout their career, I think it's a win-win. We both uh, can work with each other forever. You get to know it. sounds like you've had an yeah. advisor for a long time. That's right. something. That's a, that's a very detailed relationship, a very important relationship. I ask people important questions that they don't even like telling other family members, so I know everything about them. That's a relationship you really want to be strong and really get to know somebody and hopefully work with them a very long time. So yeah. I think it's very beneficial. That That's really, you know, uh, I've, I've been investing my whole life, and and that that's just that's just part of it. it you, we used to do things, and we didn't really know what, now they have names, you know, like syndication and all these different names that they put on stuff. And well, let's see, you know, I used to do that when I was eighteen. Oh, what a concept! <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the the markets change, but they still stay the same. So, it's the 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 change over a short period of time is is new to people that have been in it short time. But when you've been around. I've been around it 55, 60 years, and uh, I see a lot of same things happen as far as investment. Well, that's so. a scary thing. See, I mean, you know, I'm very afraid of the market because, especially going going up through my career and, and anticipating that money for my retirement. Yeah. And then when we took the hit in '07 or whatever, all of a sudden, 50% of it was gone. It was like, what? I just saved. 30 years, yeah, <laughs> I've got 15 worth, you know, yeah. and I that was a depressing time for me, and yet, think how many people had to go back to work, or I was working still, but, uh, or lost jobs, or lost retirements, and so, I, I don't know if you have any advice for, again, the people out there that don't get involved so much in their finances, but trust their financial advisors, is there a time, you know, I mean, in hindsight, had I pulled that money and threw it in the bank for two years, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd be two hundred, two hundred percent ahead, right. uh, but didn't. And so I, I don't know if you have advice for people about it. is it when's it time to, to do something and when's it time to ride it out. Well, I mean, that's actually back to your time horizon. How how long until you plan to retire that you need to access that money? If you need to access it tomorrow, you probably shouldn't 
you, know, you take as much risk, obviously. Um, you, you also got to know what your risk tolerance is as a person, and that's part of doing the financial plan, in my opinion, with what yeah. your goals are. If you have goals that you have that you say, I have to achieve these, well, then how are you going to get there? Because a lot of times it won't just work with bonds. I think there's a, there's this great uh, thing that um, I saw recently. Uh, in 1987, there's a big dip in the stock market. The people that got out, if you had $100,000, people that got out, you know, just wouldn't really have much more. If you went into bonds, uh, you'd have about 187000 If you stayed in stocks, you'd have over $700,000. So you have to look at your time horizon. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the S&P 500 when I say stocks. Yeah. And you have to look over time uh, how much <coughs> money you can make. Because those people that did get out at the bottom in 08, and March 9, 2009 was the bottom, a lot of people got out you know, around then or just a little bit before. Well, they missed the 173% upside from the bottom. So that's that's a big difference, and you know it since has come back higher than it was before the drop. Uh, but companies are making more money. You have to be smart with your investing, and hopefully your financial advisor is actively looking at companies that are good companies for you to invest in. Um, and, and that's a big part of who your financial advisor is and, and what he's doing. And you have to believe in his process, and you guys have to be on the same page. Are financial advisors connected in some way to certain companies or investments? Or are they totally independent, or is there a hybrid of that? Um, when, when you say that, I, I think this, correct me if I'm wrong when I start going off on this, but um, at Morgan Stanley, we don't have any proprietary products we use, so I'm not paid anything extra to use a certain mutual fund or a certain company, uh, buy a certain company stocks. Uh, not every company is like that. Um, we won't go into detail about which companies, but you do some research on if they have superior products that this company is trying to pitch or whatever it may be. I know well, that's one of the reasons I chose to work at Morgan Stanley. Um, we don't have any products that I get paid extra to pitch. You know everything that I'm using. I get paid the same, and it's I do it because I think it's in my client's best interest. For example, with my fees, I, I use a fee-based compared to a transactional-based business uh, for 98% of my clients, I would say. Um, the reason being is... Well, a fee base you don't pay that per again. trade. Fee fee base as opposed to transactional. So what that okay, means? Okay, so is you're uh, some of them are commission based and you're fee based. So correct. You get paid for doing a service, mm-hmm. and it's always the same, no matter. Correct. Yeah. So the percentage is the same. So for, say for example, if I'm a one percent fee, mm-hmm. if your portfolio goes up from a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand, I get a raise because. Even though I, I still get paid one percent, but I'm making more money now. If that hundred thousand goes down to fifty thousand in your portfolio, I take a pay cut. So I have incentive for you to make money, mm-hmm. obviously in a safe manner. But I like that better because when I call you on the thirtieth of the month to say, "Hey, I think we need to get out of this stock or this mutual fund and get into a different one," you know it's not because I want to get You're paid kidding. for that month. You know yeah. it's because it's in your best interest. You don't pay anything extra. It's absolutely the same price for you as if we didn't make any trades. So we can make a thousand trades or one trade, you pay the same thing. And it's charged at a quarterly rate, so you're not paying everything up front. But uh, I think that's, in my opinion, is a better way to run the business, and I, that's why I run my business that way because there's no conflict of interest. I don't have to worry about um, pitching certain products. I do always, not that I ever wouldn't, but I'm able to work in people's best interest without any conflict. I, I personally uh, happen to totally agree with you, uh, commission-based. I've always been a commission-based person. <laughs> I don't get paid if I don't do some service. But when you got people's money, yeah, that's a whole different thing. You're going to get paid by you're the one that controls it. So you figure out how much you need 
baby needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> you got a different yeah. stock this month. That's yeah, how and it's easy, you know, when, yeah. when you are commission-based, I know it's very easy to think, hey, you know, this stock's doing good, but so is this one. Yeah. Maybe we need that one now. Yeah. So, so I, I take that out of the equation. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I have to, I, 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 I totally agree with your with your uh, way of doing business. That, that is the best way for the client. Well, it works out for you too, but it works out best for the client because mm-hmm. you're incentivized to make them money. That's that's really the the way. And I would advise all of our listeners to, if you have a financial planner, um, go and find out if they're commission based or if they're fee based. And I personally am going to recommend fee based as as the better one <laughs> for the individual. And now, Adam, would you give your uh, phone number and your uh, email address again because people now might figure out <laughs> they really need to call you. So phone number again. Thank you. My phone number again six two three three two nine seven five four two. And my email is Adam A D A M dot Carlet C A R L A T at Morganstanley dot com. M O R G A N S T A N L E Y dot com. I think that would be a good call for you. I've, <laughs> I, I've known Adam for quite a while now, and uh, I, I, he's on the right track of, of being able. So, to Tom, again, thank you very much. Tom. What, what we do with with this show, as, I, as we said in, in the open as well, is you know we're using Tom's book to try to get people to follow a series of steps. But as Tom always says every month, you got to take the first step. You have mm-hmm. to start, and that's why on the front of his book, there's a big dollar sign S is a start, you know, take yeah. that first step. So I know this is probably along the range of the 25-year-old person not making a lot of money up to someone who's ready to retire, but Adam, what could you give us and our listeners as what you would see as the first step for someone who wants to invest to improve their wealth, whether it be for, for retirement or just to improve their lifestyle? Well, let, let's let's start out with the person that has read the book and they figure out what success means right. for them. Okay. So yeah. they've already done enough work so right. that when they come to Adam, they can say, "Here's where I want to wind up. Right. This is where I want to be up here. I want to be one of those persons who's willing to do whatever's necessary, what other people won't, for a few years, so that I can do." later the rest of my life what other people can't because I have the financial resources I need. So given the fact that would be the person that we're talking to, they've already looked at this book, they know what's going to make them happy, they know where they want to arrive at, and they, have, they haven't got that 100000 yet that, that they need to be a full-line client, but they're, they've lowered their standard of living now to their... To, what they need and not things and they only buy things they need and not things they want if my car is running I'm not buying a new car because it's good for the country Mm -hmm. I'm buying a new car when I can afford it when my money is earning enough money to buy that car the earnings from my money is going to buy the car so if they're in that place what how would you get them started to answer Terry's question. So I guess, I mean, if they're make sure they're saving, obviously. So each yeah. month, I think, I, I, I use my investments each month. That's a line item in my budget. This is what I am putting extra into my account every month. It is a line item. It's not something that, hey, if I have an extra 50 bucks, I'll throw it in there. 
No, that's that's part of my budget. It's pay a, yourself oh, yeah, first. It's a bill. Yeah. It's, it's a called bill. It literally, it literally <laughs> is a pay bill. yourself first right. before anybody else exactly. gets a check. Your savings gets a check. That's pay me first. Exactly. That's, I think it's a great way to look at it. I mean, my my stuff, then, my extra money, that's, that's my if I have enough, I'll do it, and not if I have enough, I'll invest. If that's my extra money is is for my fun stuff. It's not investments is has to be included in my, in my as a line item because if you don't do that, it's so easy to run through all your money. I mean, I do budgets all the time for clients. A lot of advisors don't do that, but I've found that it's been very beneficial for them. It's not something that I charge for, but I found that it, and it really helps them find a way to be successful because it's so easy. Oh, I made five thousand dollars last month, but I don't have a penny to show for it. Right. Where did it go? It's right. so easy to see, and we really have no idea. Especially, we can just swipe our card and buy anything nowadays. Um, so it's so easy to do, but you have to have a line item in there to really get your money. Have your money work for you. This is, I mean, the smartest people, the wealthiest people in the world. Their money works for them. There's only so many hours in the day, and only so much money I can make myself in the day. Yeah. I can only do so much. And trust me, I'm a very independent person. If I could do everything myself, I would. But I've, I've realized that's just not possible. I have to have my money work for me. And that's why, you know, these brilliant people like Warren Buffett, I mean, their money is working for them. So they're making so much more based on the stock market or investments. Whatever they're investing in, they can make that much more. So have a line item for your investments. Think right. about where you need to be and how much money you can really afford to save. And, and, for these and think of Warren Buffett. What What is his lifestyle like? He still lives in his same house yeah, that yeah. he bought when he was just getting started. He buy jeans and, and everything. Yeah. I think his house is worth maybe. I mean, someday it'll be a monument and it'll be worth billions. But right, right, his his market area is like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for his house. I know. One hundred and fifty thousand, and you're worth eighty billion. Yeah. And he doesn't own a bunch of other houses. Why is that? Yeah. Because they don't make any money when you go buy a second house. There's no profit from it. You don't have another profit. So if you have another house, how about just stocking it with stuff you don't mind if people break or store and rent it out for six months or whatever. You know. So th these are just things that, that you look at your overall picture and what you're trying to do, and you take... I, I'm not saying to people to, to live... Well, it wouldn't be bad to be Warren Buffett, but yeah. I, I would like to have his brain, too. Yeah, so, it wouldn't, wouldn't be good about it. That is his house. Yeah. So, but, I mean, that that's the whole point of defining what what success means to the individual so that then when they come to you and they would have that as a as a reference point so that yeah. they say, Adam, here's... Here's what I want to do. I got this. I got. I got up to the hundred thousand. I meet your threshold, and now I want to do that. And maybe they don't have the hundred thousand, and they just want to get to that. And then you could help them, like do a budget or yeah. Talk and everyone has or, a different definition of success. I don't want people to think they can't talk to me if they don't have a hundred thousand. That's usually where I can add the most benefit. But I'm more than willing to talk to people prior. Um, but everyone has different definitions of success. I have some clients that say, Hey, I need this house this expensive house, I need this extravagant lifestyle. Then I have some people say, hey, I just want to afford the little home that I'm in and have a couple, uh, you know, a little bit more money each month to go out to dinner once a month with my wife, whatever it may be. Everyone mm -hmm. has different goals, so everyone has different definitions of success. But you have to put yourself in those positions to obtain those that success. So meeting with a person like myself and, and finding that budget or finding what you need to do to obtain those goals. And, I mean, like you mentioned a lot, it, it just – 
working, you know, you have to be willing to put in the effort to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I know right now I'm in the growth stage of my business. I work 60 to 80 hours a week, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to have, find balance as well. Uh, so what I do is I get up really early. I do a lot of work in the morning before people are awake so at night I can, you know, hang out with my family, do what I want to do. But, you know, you have to put yourself in those positions to obtain those success. that success. I think a lot of people say it's luck uh, being successful. I disagree 100%. That's where I get into arguments with people, I guess you could say. Um, I think you have to put yourself in those positions to to, to be lucky. I've luck had plenty is of times created. Yeah, I have plenty luck of Luck is created. It is created. I completely agree. I've had plenty of times where I've gotten clients that I was in the right place at the right time. I was lucky, people would say. But I had to make myself there. go there at 8 you p.m. Yeah. I got into the office at 6 a.m. that day, and I had to make myself go to that meeting at 8 p.m. at night that I didn't have to be at to, to get that client. Mm-hmm. So that luck was created, I believe. So sometimes, you know, people are fortunate enough, they're born into it, whatever it may be, but 99% of people are going to need to work hard to achieve that success. So you're going to have to do the extra things. Go out and meet with a financial advisor. Go out and figure out what your goals are. Money is not the root of all evil, like a lot of people say. In my opinion, not enough money is the root of all evil. Lack of money is the root of all evil. People will do ungodly things to find money or get money, but what if you can just work hard to achieve it and you know we all have our dreams and I'm nowhere near them yet and I'm but I'm working hard to obtain them so people just have to work hard to do that and, and, well, and see that, be able to do what they want that's really what we do with the book is we show people they have a little comfort zone but sometimes their dreams and goals are outside of it now what what my wife and I've done is we've shrunk the the necessity of spending a lot of money uh, in lifestyle so that gives us more money to do the things that we want to do. So if we wanted to go on a trip or something or we want to go buy a, a property or do things, because we're real estate background, and we we have the resources to do that. So it's just a, a whole different thing. I mean, we're both in our 70s, so naturally that's different than what my kids are who are in their 40s and what their kids will be going through. So each one of these these generations is going to have different aspirations and figuring out what they what they like to do and that's what I try to get people to understand it's like you're not working 60 to 80 hours just because that that is going to get to your financial goal you also enjoy helping people you also yeah. enjoy being part of people's economic and, and financial growth, right? Very much so. I love my career. It's, it's very that's, exciting. That's what I'm saying. This, this is how to live your life. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm trying to get people to do because why is it that there's the, the 1%? Okay, well, we don't need to talk about them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they're doing just fine. They're doing just fine. The top 10% in this country, they're doing just fine. So we're we're looking at the rest of us. And how do you move from a place where you're you're scruffling and doing stuff just to get enough money to eat and and where the government's putting all the where it takes a forty thousand dollar a year job just to for give you a reason to get off of welfare? <laughs> well you know, I mean yeah. but at the end of being on welfare, you don't have anything. Right. I mean mm-hmm. there's nothing. There's no hope for that kind of a person. That, to me, is an enslavement. I mean, that's pure and simple. It's economic enslavement. Because you have to do certain things 
in order to get. You have to manipulate your lifestyle and your income potential to do that. And it, it makes no sense, and that's what we're trying to say. If you like what you're doing, if you love what you're doing, and it's leading you to your goals, that's that's living your life productively. And that's that's all I really want to do. Really I want to I want to help people be productive. And the first and almost everybody, like I work with victims of domestic violence, and they are victims. And I just say, well it ever happens to you again in the future, you're not a victim. You're just stupid. I mean, sorry, yeah. you're ignorant of the fact that it was you that allowed you to get back in the situation. So plan and think about a predator, which is anything in the economy. It doesn't have to be 20. Why is 25% of our people victims of domestic violence? Because they go back and the same thing happens to them. So if you do things economically, like you have a job and you spend every penny and you get credit cards so that you can, let's see, have your money working for someone else, 13% on some credit cards nowadays. But what is your money doing? It's working for them. And what did, what did you buy with that? You bought stuff that, oh, um, I'm going to move and to a different apartment, I have to go get a storage unit somewhere to store this crap that I'm still paying (laughs) on my credit card at 13% on it. And so what I'm trying to get people to understand is that's not really necessary in your life. So how do you you get the masses who are in that plot? Isn't isn't that true? Isn't the most people in that loop where they just going around and around getting deeper in debt? Very much so. Very much so. And so, what your goal is is how do you get how do you get those people to stop and get off that merry-go-round? And, and I guess the takeaway for me out of this whole discussion across the broad spectrum is whether it's most people, I, I hate to categorize, or it's just a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And I'll put myself yeah. in that. You wake up in the morning, you do your job, or you do what you're doing, and and you and you go to sleep, and you really are not stopping to think about planning which yeah. is what the whole book and idea is about. And, and, you know, Adam, so what you said is we start with a financial plan. What Tom's book says is we start building a plan. Because if you don't get off the Ferris wheel yeah. for enough time to try to think and develop a plan, you will just ride the Ferris wheel Yeah, forever. It's very easy to get in that routine. Right. You yeah. have to have goals and you have to come right. up with these plans. I know, for example, with, with my goals, I have short and long-term ones. I, as short as every day I go in, I write down what my key tasks are that I have to complete, and then I have my long-term ones as well. But don't set yourself short, even with your finances. You know, it's very easy to go round and around and accept mediocre, mediocrity. You know, figure out what you can do to get to that next level. For example, like we said, come up with a plan. You have to come up with a plan because if if you don't have any plan, you don't have anything written down, it's easy to kind of see it in your head, but you never really get the full picture. And, and scary, especially with your finances. It's not something people want to do because they don't want to see what it says at the end. They don't want. They don't want to see that. Hey, I don't have X amount of money. They want to, you know, just picture that everything's fine. But if you really want to get to the next level, you're going to have to sit down and you're going to have to find a way to do that compared to just taking the easy way out and just doing that routine every day. You've got to find a plan. See, and that, that's really what we're trying to do with the book. I mean, in the past, I've worked with, I'm working with victims of domestic violence, and 
Carrie and I have worked at at uh, homeless shelters for veterans. Uh, one of the one of the people in there uh, sat in in the homeless veterans we were talking to. He'd sit in a class with his arms folded all the time, and he'd just kind of look at us. And we went through like six or seven classes mm-hmm. there, and yeah. I mean, and he wouldn't say a word. I mean, just kind of looked down. And when we were talking with him, I asked him, "Well, what do you really want to do? Why, why are you here?" What yeah. he, he was the guy that lived on the streets. Right. Do you remember? Yep, he lived on yeah, the streets wow. for twenty years. Wow. And so I said, "Well, what do you want to do?" And it was his like aha moment or mine in the fact that he said, "I just want to work with horses." Wow. And so we found him a place where he could go and be with yeah. horses. And yeah. I mean. It's, it's that's how hard it is. That's how hard it is. He got to do something. People got him on a bus and and sent him off, and he had a job. I mean, so he's out there with his couple hundred horses, and he's just a happy little cat. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So I mean, he likes being out, and but he likes the animals more than people. And so, whatever it is that makes people happy, they they always put a barrier up of well, I could be happy if I had. If the I, if, the if and, and it's so easy. And that's what I try to tell people. And what you even said is, you had an incentive when you were younger, and your dad said, "Well, you want a car? If when you're this age, then you save money, and I'll match it, and that's what kind of car you can get." Well, you were incentivized. <laughs> I, you had the picture of the Mercedes. Nice car. I want a tour fifteen. I think is how do we get people incentivized to do this and I think the first thing is to understand that the typical person has a spending habit I mean no matter what your lifestyle what your income is you're going to spend 60% on lifestyle so if you make 10,000 or you make a million it's still 60% going on lifestyle and I I know that because that's part of the way of life well I didn't spend that much but that that's what most of the people do, and then they spend about 30% on taxes. Well, okay, 60, 30, now that money's gone, and now I got, oh, I got to have insurance because something might go wrong, even the fact that I have no plan for myself, so they'll spend maybe 6% on insurance, and it gives them um, 6 or 7 so 3 or 4% percent is what they have for discretionary spending or investment. And I just say to turn that around, a person that's just getting started as a minimum on your budget, you don't need to do a whole budgety thing if you have no money, but you do have a job. If you don't have a job, get a job. Get any job. doesn't matter. Get any job. And whatever your paycheck is, just take 10% and put it under your mattress or you put it in the bank. Don't put it in the bank if it's so little that they're going to, the bank fees is going to take, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm saying, because I'm talking to people that, you, you can know, do little things, like you, you don't have to go by Starbucks order. every day, no. or whatever it well, may be. Or if you're going to go to Starbucks, and you're going to spend five bucks there, that means you got to put five bucks in the piggy bank, mm-hmm. so that you got, that's, that's how you'd save, and at the end of the month, you've got to match that, so you have 10% of your gross income. If you start saving 10% of your gross income, that will bring you to a place where you can do the things you need to do. 
So, uh, and that's just one of the examples. But I know that you you work with people. I, I really appreciate the fact that you you say that you'll work with people to get started, and right. th- that that would be a real big big boon. Give give them your your phone number again and your uh, your email. Yeah, I think you have to have a mentor. You have to start somewhere. You know, yeah. it doesn't just happen overnight. So I was lucky enough to have people help me. So I'm more than willing and love to help everyone I can. My phone number again six two three three two nine seven five four two. And email is adam.carlet at morganstanley.com. Carlet is C-A-R-L-A-T. Okay. Do, do you have any more questions? Uh, I don't. I guess I would ask Adam the same thing. Yeah. So it, so we're kind of winding down our time on the show. And, uh, again, really. We have more time. We have ten more minutes if we need it. Uh, so I don't want to cut you short, but it's just kind of, do you have any other thoughts or questions you haven't been asked or advice for folks? One thing I would tell people, a lot of people invest in mutual funds, which are not bad investments at all. Um, I use them sometimes. But know what's in your mutual funds. Know why you're investing in that mutual fund. I know a lot of people tell me, oh, I have XYZ mutual fund. And I say, oh, that's neat. Um, what made you pick that one? Why did you invest in that one? Do you know what you're paying inside that mutual fund? I don't know if I've ever, ever had anyone be able to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, know what you're investing in. Talk to your advisor. I'm not saying you need to be an expert because I don't want my clients to be an expert. I probably wouldn't have a job if they're all experts. So, <laughs> so, but I mean, just have an idea. You know, say, oh, well, I know this. Invest in larger company stocks, whatever it may be. Um, have an idea and know that the fees you're paying inside. There's fees inside mutual funds. I promise your advisors, pay, you're paying a fee for, to your advisor in, in some way, shape, or form. Not all these people are are working for free. I have a lot of people that think they don't pay anything to to their advisor or for the mutual fund or the investment they own. Just be aware. Know enough to to be dangerous, I guess. Know enough to know what you're investing in and know why you're investing in it. Yeah, it's not dangerous to, be, to yourself. Yeah, not dangerous to yourself. To your, <laughs> yeah. to your investment yeah. advisor. Exactly. Who so, may. You know, so they, I never want someone to take advantage of you. Um, again, there's always good and bad people in every industry. And I would say 99% of people you're going to run into in this industry are great people. But just make sure that you know what you enough to know what you're trying to say. If, if they want to put you in a certain mutual fund, say, well, tell me a little bit about the mutual fund. Why should I use that? And, and so just know a little bit yeah. about what your money is doing because it's very easy to be uh, sold on certain things that might not be as beneficial as you. Now, how is a mutual fund different than, say, another stock? So, for example, mutual funds is a basket. It can be a basket of stocks or a basket okay. of bonds inside of one mutual fund. So maybe you have a 1,000 stocks in one mutual fund. So diversification purposes, that's nice, especially just when you're starting out because you can be a little more diversified. You won't have, Owning a stock can be very expensive. But owning a mutual fund, you can get uh, multiple stocks, okay. uh, small percentages of them. But there's internal fees for these mutual funds that you don't see. Um, depending on which share class you have, which is a little more detail than we'll go into, you're going to pay upfront commissions or back-end commissions. So ask your advisor, you know, am I paying commissions to be in this mutual fund up front or back or in the, at the end when I get out of them or internally? Just just know it. I mean, it doesn't hurt to know. The more you know, the better, in my opinion. I've seen some people that told me that they they were in a mutual fund and they they felt that they didn't, you know, that it didn't do as good as they were looking. I, said, I told them, I said, well, I think that your advisor made more than you did. You know, they come out with two or three percent, and then they looked at at by the time all those fees were added up, 
they were significant. I mean, three or four percent. And they can add up really quick. I mean, yeah. some of their funds can be as much as five, six percent up front before you even start. Yeah. And and not all of them are bad. And, no, know, I didn't. Yeah, they didn't might, mean that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going along with what you said. Yeah, I agree. Is that as an individual investor, you don't just go into the casino and put it down on red or black. I mean, you know what the odds are of doing each one of those, and do I have discretion? Is this discretionary money? Do, exactly. Some right. of the money should be, I'm going to lose it. I mean, it's like when you were investing, you know, if nothing wrong with your financial advisor, but because everybody got taken, or most people got taken <laughs> down. But I know, <laughs> I know in any drop or rise that's abrupt in the stock market, there's somebody winning and somebody losing on the same stock. Mm-hmm. This guy buys, this guy sells. Yeah. One of them won, and one of them is going to be Very a loser. So. And you don't know who that person is going to be. You just don't want you to have a big L on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You, you de- I'm definitely not always going to be right. No one's going to be right 100% of the time, but it's nice to have the W more than the L. Yeah, <laughs> but that's you, for sure. what, what, you're, what you're doing is you kind of diversify people, too, because sometimes you want to be in, in different sections of the economy because you mentioned yeah. you study the economy. So... Sometimes it it there was a time that, that you would want to be in oil. Oh yeah. Well, it's last month in different in different <laughs> in different places in that play in that sector. There's people that are doing the fracturing. There's people that are selling products to the ones that are doing the fracturing, and so there's different places that you can still make money in the oil business. But the fact that the price has dropped, that just means that Americans are silly people that we are, we're going to have more money to spend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not spending $40 to fill up my gas tank. It's only going to be $30. <clears throat> so I'll go back into the store and get buy that much more. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. go yeah. buy me uh, a pack of cigarettes. Or the, oh, that's too icky to even think about. <laughs> no, some wasteful type of sure. a thing or, or something <clears throat> that's a waste of money that because I have more money, now I will spend it instead of saying, like you do, that if you have your, your budget and you have your line item, and I'm saying 10%, I say 10% to to yourself and then 10% for tithing. <laughs> and, you know, then you work on your lifestyle. That all comes out of your lifestyle, 60%. And so that's the rest of it. You've got to pay the government. Got to, but you get to run your finances in a way to pay the least amount of taxes. That's the that's the law, right? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, yeah. I mean, they don't think that, but, you know, I've heard somebody say, well, I pay my taxes because I'm a good American. No, you're just an idiot. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm not nice about stuff like that. If, if people don't, don't have the, if you have no other way, you've got to pay what is not your fair share, but is your rightful share. What you owe is what you have to pay. And it's how you move your finances around is how you pay the least to them. Like, why do people have a Roth IRA or a regular IRA? I mean, I know why certain people want you to have the Roth IRA is because they're going to get to have that money to turn over forever. But what about the guy who's paying the taxes? If you're young and you're not making much, that's okay. But if you're wealthy and you're putting all your money into your IRAs and stuff that you can, well, I want the tax break. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, depending on your situation. If the money's going to be worth less later, we know that. That's the pattern, right? <laughs> yeah. Is that the pattern? The yeah. money's going to be, the dollar's going to be worth less in the future than it is today? Is that, I mean, if we went on Most the path, likely, yes. we would have to say in the future that's going to be true. Yeah, based on inflation, yeah. I mean, just based on history. I mean, we don't have to be, you know, political one side or the other. Both parties are doing it. They're, yeah. <laughs> they, they're happy when there's inflation. They're unhappy when there's disinflation. But we have to figure out, right? We have to figure yeah. out how that's going to manifest itself in our own finances. So if I invest a dollar today, I want it to be a whole dollar. I want to get right off from the government. So if I get a 30% bracket, well, then I'm... Getting a vest instead of seventy cents, I get to invest a real dollar, and so some of those things have to come into play, and then you can help people with that those kinds of decisions, right? Yeah, I, I'm not a tax consultant or anything, but I can definitely talk to them about you know what are some of the pros and cons of investing in certain retirement accounts compared to a regular account. We can look at their tax bracket and see where some of the most most beneficial ways would be whether it's investing in municipal bonds, so there's no federal or state taxes, depending on, on on what we invest in. But, yeah, there's a lot of different ways that we would, can Would that be a benefit to you if they showed you what their taxes were and how yeah, much well, they were Yeah, when I'm doing a financial plan, I, I like to look at the at least the prior year's tax returns if I can, yeah. so that way I can find out what's best. Okay. I guess we got one minute to wrap up. <laughs> we're going to have to do a wrap on this, I think, with one minute. But this is one of our, one of our more... Most interesting shows, and hence we took almost all the time that yeah. we were allotted. And so, with with that, we'd like to thank you for joining us today on Success or Failure. The choice is yours. Thank our guest, Adam Carlett. Thank you for having me. We hope you all will join us again. And remember, you can hear us and and have further discussion at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Boomer and the Babe, or you can contact us at successorfailure.org. Until then, I'm Dr. Terry Munther along with Tom Legering. Please keep taking those steps one step at a time towards success because, as you know, success or failure, the choice is yours. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to Success or Failure with Tom Legering and Terry Munther. Successor Failure is a Boomer and the Babe Enterprises radio production. Contact them at boomerandthebabe.com.